Keeping Afloat by Cruise Director Kabir. Hey, it's Kabir. And look, I've been struggling with this whole COVID-19 thing. I felt unmotivated, helpless, and at times, I felt stuck. I shut myself in and basically became a hermit. I stopped posting online, and I stopped writing this episode at the end of November. After taking some time to really get back to basics and focus on my mental health, I realized what mattered to me. I love this show with all of my heart. It's my story, mostly. There are some embellishments and changes that are necessary, but for the most part, it's accurate. Another thing I've started doing is thinking of things that I could do every day that give me joy. Simple things like listening to music, writing, going for a walk. For those of you who know me, you know I love to dance. That's why Dance Class Plus is now free. In case you don't know, Dance Class Plus is where you can subscribe on cruisedirectorkabir.com and tune in for dance classes. It's a nicer platform than Instagram because the feed is far better and there's no copyright infringement when I play music on it. Now, it's for my own mental health that I made it free so that it gives me something to do every week. And hopefully, it's going to be for your mental health too. I'm going to do two classes, Tuesdays and Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern. So if you can't tune in, don't worry. The classes are also going to be streamed live on Instagram and posted on cruisedirectorkabir.com right after. Sign up at cruisedirectorkabir.com and click on the Dance Class Plus link. Now, for those of you that feel stuck or just frustrated, hang in there. You are strong, you're resilient, and just like any struggle, this too shall pass. We'll get through it together. If you're feeling down and you want to talk, send me a message through whatever means necessary. Email, Facebook, or Instagram. Thank you for being here and listening to Keeping Afloat. I hope you'll enjoy this episode as much as I loved writing it. Now, let's get on with the show. This is Season 2, Episode 3 of Keeping Afloat, and I'm Kabir, your cruise director. At present, I am the cruise director of my own house. But when I'm actually on a cruise ship, I'm in charge of all onboard entertainment and guest experience. And I couldn't do my job without the amazing team of multinational crew members that I have the honor and privilege of working with. From Broadway or West End style shows to activities on the pool deck or making announcements with the captain, I'm in charge of guiding my guests through once in a lifetime experiences on every single ship I work upon. Be sure to check out my Instagram page at Cruise Director Kabir for daily updates. And if you enjoy the show, please give us a share on Instagram too. Just a quick disclaimer, the views expressed in this show are mine and not that of any brand that I'm associated with. The names of the characters in this story have been changed from their original ones and certain storylines may have been modified. And with that, let's cast off. Bedsheets for crew vary depending on rank. For example, if you're in a shared cabin, 
you most likely have crew sheets, which are a bit itchy, but they do the job. Now, if you're lucky enough to be in an officer cabin, like I was, you're lucky enough to get guest bed sheets. In this case, my sheets were a complete mess. And that was because Caleb, the lead singer from the ship's party band, was entangled in them. I, meanwhile, was frozen on the edge of my bed. Caleb and I ended up having the most incredible evening after his final set. And I'd solidified my friendship with Alice, the ship's media manager, and also a fellow Canadian. Alice had dragged me out last night to take me to go and see one of Caleb's sets. That was followed by partying in the ship's nightclub, tipsy mini-golf at 2 a.m., and then we ended up here, in my cabin. And yeah, it was really, really nice. A major benefit of this job over my last one was that I barely worked for half of the cruise, and that meant a lot of free time, especially after we had finished our ports of call. But by far, the nicest part of this contract was being able to get off the ship in Jacksonville. In fact, I got to meet someone that I had been hearing for years, but never got the chance to meet. Doug Parker, the host of Cruise Radio, one of the biggest and best cruise podcasts around. Once I heard that I'd be based in Jacksonville, he was gracious enough to take me around town as well as out to lunch, usually whenever the ship was in port. We got to continue our friendship not only just by keeping in touch, but being on each other's podcasts. And of course, at this point I didn't have the show, so we would meet up in Jacksonville just about every other week. Hanging out with Doug was such a nice distraction from the drama happening on board. Because the coming weeks were about to be full of stressful situations. By the time the ship had arrived in Freeport, Bahamas, our first port of call, I was ready. I had learned my lesson. I had hired someone to help me stuff and fold my shopping maps, and I'd managed to get an assistant for my shopping show. I was prepared, but being prepared was not cheap, something I wish that someone had told me before I got the job. A question that I often get asked is, do you work for the cruise line continuously, or is it contract work? The answer to that question is mixed, and it varies from cruise line to cruise line. The short answer is, it's contract work. In most positions, you're paid for the time that you're on board. The only time that varies is that if you're a head of department, a senior officer, or at some cruise lines, it's only the captains or chief engineers that get paid all the time. In my case, as a port shopping guide, it was completely different. I did not get a salary. It was all commission. So basically, no sales, no payment. That also meant it was relative. So bigger ship, more sales, bigger profit. So for example, on Royal Caribbean's larger ships, usually port shopping guides do well, and the bigger the ship, the more desirable it is. But one part of the job that I didn't know was I would be an external contractor which meant nothing on board was provided, except for food and housekeeping. It was a relatively unusual setup, I wasn't really familiar with this, and I also wasn't used to talking about money and payments so much. 
That was always the topic when I'd go ashore into the stores or be on call from head office. How much was this? Profit margins are this. Guests should be spending this. What all of that meant was when I was on board from day one, technically I was in the negative unless I improved my sales and actually got some money flowing. Ironically, getting higher sales wasn't something that I was super motivated to do. I felt deflated because I went from being an activity host, a job that I loved, to, well, this, a job that would position me correctly, but I didn't really enjoy. I decided that I needed to adapt because in the end, this job was still gonna stay the same, but I had the power to change myself. I also decided to create a port shopping Facebook page for the ship. This way the guests could contact me any time throughout their cruise and hopefully drum up some conversations about sales. Little did I know what people were actually going to message me about. The shopping shows themselves got better and much shorter. I felt like the shows were doing a disservice by overwhelming prospective buyers. It was almost like the company, full of salespeople, put this stuff together, forgetting that guests are on a holiday, not in a frame of mind to be hard sold to. I also hired an assistant for the show, apparently the same person that was helping the last shopping guide. Joshua was from the main production show cast, and boy was he cute. He was shirtless for most of the nightly production shows, and I'm pretty sure most of the females and some of the males would come to the shows just to see him. I'm totally not going to lie, it was a huge bonus. Having him at my shopping show was going to make a big difference as well. This cruise, I also launched the Diamond and Gemstone Seminar that would take place in the ship's aft lounge. Now, the purpose of it was to focus on big sellers. In this case, it was diamonds, and then talk about clarity, value, and just buying techniques in general to hopefully get people motivated to buy diamonds, which was supposed to be the bread and butter of my business. People that generally came to the seminar were more committed to buying something than not, but that wasn't always guaranteed. I'd also just like to add, the reason that I'm getting into detail about my job is because I'm not sure of how many of you actually know about it. For example, the role of entertainment host or cruise director, it's just, it's so straightforward, but I feel like the role of a port shopping guide has so many more layers and complications. Nothing was straightforward, even for me, and I was in the position. Also, Lots of people tried to mess with me. And in this case, Carter, the cruise director, did not hold back. Have you ever been to cruisedirectorkabir.com? If you haven't yet, make sure to go. You can get exclusive Keeping Afloat merch from t-shirts and tank tops to sweaters, homeware, tech accessories, and so much more. Just go to cruisedirectorkabir.com slash store, and you can use the coupon code KEEPINGAFLOAT to save 10%. Plus, it's a great way to support the show. Crew alert, crew alert, crew alert. 
Carter was my morning alarm. The ship had just finished its mooring process in Freeport, Bahamas, the largest city on Grand Bahama Island. And to be honest, there wasn't much to do. It wasn't a big city like Nassau. My big push in the shopping show was go to Port Lucaya Marketplace, since that's where all of our shops were. The problem? It was a 15-minute taxi drive away, so most guests didn't bother going. It was also the same day as crew drill, and at this cruise line, usually a two-hour process involving Italian officers walking around the ship, insulting crew, and going on a total power trip. Luckily, I'd spoken to Fabian, the hotel director, and asked if I could head out to Port Lucaya, to which he had graciously agreed. As I was getting back on board, security stopped me and said, Sir, there is a note here in the file that says to speak to the cruise director. I rolled my eyes, knowing that this wasn't going to be good. Carter's office was on deck 10, where all of the other senior officers were, as well as the bridge officers. I decided to go there rather than call him back, because frankly, I feel like it's easier for him to be mean to me over the phone rather than in person, because when you're looking at someone's face, you can see their emotion. The cruise director's cabin was very different than the ones from my last cruise line. The Oceanic Joy was built in the mid-1990s and based off of a 1980s design. And it really showed. The cabin door that I knocked on was red, and I stepped into a very small kind of entryway type of thing. The bathroom was on my left, light pink and purple tiles lined the walls, 1980s style. And there was another door to my left, which must have been to the bedroom. I never got to see it. It was always closed. And on the right was a door to the office, which is where I found Carter sitting at his desk. The office was tired looking with wood veneer covering all of the shelves and the countertop was red. This is also where Carter had his PA system, really convenient when you're making three to five announcements a day. Carter sat up when he saw me walk in. What were you doing during crew drill? Carter stared at me with daggers in his eyes. This guy really didn't like me. I calmly just said, I had spoken to Fabian. I was exempt. Nobody's exempt without my approval from my department. You report to me. He folded his arms and leaned back in his chair, kind of like a supervillain. I looked down, and part of me felt deflated. I was just tired for a hurdle after hurdle with this job. The other thing was this was a personal issue, for Carter at least, and I just could not understand why. I remember I took a moment to just understand where Carter was coming from so that I could empathize with him and see if I could come to a solution, but I just couldn't find that in that moment. My eyes met Carter's, and I said, Look, my documents say I report to the hotel director. You also report to the hotel director, and that is whom I got the drill exemption from. If you have an issue, take it up with Fabian. Carter started breathing really heavily and looked as though he was going to stand up. Now, it was at that moment that I decided to take my exit. I also thought he is so going to call Fabian as soon as I leave this office. And Fabian's a pretty smart guy. 
I thought I'd let that scenario play out. But it turns out, it was only going to get worse. The following evening, we were in Nassau, Bahamas, and this time, we were there overnight. Most of the guests don't bother getting off the ship after dinner time, so for the most part, overnights in Nassau are for the crew. The plan was to meet up with Caleb, with whom I'd been having an incredible time with, and Alice on the gangway. On the way, I thought I would go and see Joshua, my shopping show assistant and a member of the production cast, just to drop off his payment, and of course, to thank him for all the help this week. As I knocked on the door, I heard rustling, and then a series of footsteps. About 10 seconds later, Joshua opened the door, shirtless, covered only with a towel. His boyfriend was currently in the bed behind him. Now, as hot as the sight was, both of them were kind of fixing their hair, almost imagine they had their hands in their hair and they were kind of flicking their heads. Just then, the boyfriend, who's in bed, did a little hair flick, but instead of him looking all hot and sexy, he whacked the side of his head into the top bunk of the bed. Joshua turned around and said, Dante, shh, to which Dante just rolled his eyes. Totally just cheap thrills. I smiled and gave Joshua the envelope. Thanks. And then the door was closed, and I guess that was that. Alice, Caleb, and I walked off the ship, and I just, I told them what had just happened, because obviously it was really entertaining. And Alice decided to jump in and say, so Dante's actually another cast member, but him and Joshua got put on different ships this contract. They're constantly fighting. Both Caleb and I just looked at each other and said, ooh, just to appreciate the gossip. We ended up staying ashore for about an hour before deciding it was far more comfortable on the ship, and also, the drinks were actually cheaper on board. As we walked through the cruise terminal on the way back to the ship, we ran into Carter and Mateo. Since Alice worked directly with Carter, she was on pretty decent terms with him, and I'm happy about that, because if she was on his bad side, man, that would have been difficult. We all smiled, we were all pleasant, and... I kind of just said hello and turned the other way. Alice actually spoke to them for a few minutes before joining back with Caleb and I. Speaking in hushed tones, she had said something to them, and I had noticed that Carter said something to Alice as well. Whatever it was, at that point, I was completely just in the mood to ignore him. I was most excited about getting back on board and hopefully into bed. Around 6 a.m., there was an announcement, and it went through all of the ship's cabins, which was really unusual. Attention all ship's company. Could Dante Richardson please contact 7777? Dante Richardson, call 7777. After that announcement, I could not fall asleep, and since I had nothing to do the following day, the plan was, of course, to sleep in. Restless, I decided to go for a little walk on deck, and I thought if I was lucky, I could see the sunrise. On my way out of my cabin and down the hallway, I saw Destiny, the ship's guest services manager, running down the passenger staircase. That early in the morning, that was also not normal. 
I decided to follow her down to the gangway to find a very drunk Dante standing there with his bags. He looked upset, and clearly he'd had a bad night. Just then, I saw one of the ship's crew opening the main door. A massive metal panel lifted open. Within a moment, the gangway was extended and Destiny was walking Dante off the ship. Now, at this point, nobody had noticed that I was even there, so I decided to just leave, sneak away, and I ended up on deck 11. The door to the outside deck was hard to open, and with good reason. The sky was still dark and relatively cloudy. There were really strong winds. In fact, as I walked toward the ship's railing, I could see the palm trees swaying heavily in the wind. Just then, I saw a very upset Dante walking into the cruise terminal. As I looked down, I could also see the gangway coming in and hear the hydraulic pump of the door initiate because obviously we were closing the doors and getting ready to set sail. Windy departures were normal. However, this wind was exceptional, almost as if there was going to be a storm. Now, I'd never been on a ship that had to stay in port because of bad weather. I feel like that would be counterintuitive. The sleepiness finally started to kick in, so I decided to cut my losses on the sunrise and head back to my cabin. I took in the sight of the atrium, the beautiful bar at the bottom, the levels looking in, the architecture of it all, and I just thought, the ship is truly at its nicest in the morning. The cleaners have reset and cleaned everything, and nobody's been around to mess anything up. I was looking forward to getting back to my room, falling asleep, and enjoying a really restful sea day. Since my cabin was right above the forward thrusters, I always knew when we were arriving or departing. Just as my cabin door closed, the thrusters switched off and I got back into bed. What perfect timing. Last night, Caleb had decided to stay in his own cabin, something he did to make sure that nobody thought he was seeing anyone because everybody talks and it's just easier if nobody knew that we had a thing at this point. About 15 minutes later, there was a loud bang. Suddenly, the ship's thrusters turned on to full power. The ship immediately lurched to one side, and everything in my cabin fell down. Shopping maps, colognes, clothes from my cabinets, it was like all hell breaking loose. Daco team, Daco team, Daco team, fire zone 7, port side, deck 0. Damage control. That was bad. And I happened to be in Fire Zone 7. At that point, I thought something was definitely awry. I looked around to get my ship's phone, ID, iPhone, and my life jacket. In that moment, I had a gut feeling. This was not normal. Something was going terribly, terribly wrong. Just then, everything stood still, and all the lights creepily flickered on and off in my cabin. Attention all crew, all crew, crew alert, crew alert, crew alert. This was the announcement for all crew to go to their muster stations. Then, if the situation escalated, we could sound the general emergency signal, which would tell the guests to go to their muster stations. 
but one thought was stuck in my mind. Why was the assistant cruise director making emergency announcements? Where was Carter? As I made my way past the open deck, it was clear that the wind had become much worse. The sky was gray, and it was clear that the wind had ended up pushing the ship against the pier, because now we were kind of just drifting away from it, but you could tell we were just there. Which is also why the captain was likely fighting for control of the ship, and the thrusters were on at full strength. As I walked toward my muster station, the ship's nightclub, Alice tapped me on the shoulder. OMG, I have to tell you something. My ears perked up. So, Carter fell down the stairs last night, and he's stuck in bed. But I think the reason is, Gabir, how are you? You okay? I know that your cabin is near where the ship was hit. Fabian, the hotel director, was standing in front of Alice and I. Yes, thank you. I actually left pretty quickly. I just spoke to the captain, and apparently there was a breach of the hull, but only above the waterline, which is good. Go to your master station, we will talk later. I felt a lot better knowing that we weren't sinking. A minute or so later, the captain came on to the PA. This is the captain. Everyone went silent. This announcement is to inform all crew to please stand down. I repeat, all crew, stand down. Ladies and gentlemen, your attention please. This is the captain. Now, this morning we uh, were departing from the pier and uh, we experienced uh, a series of uh, unexpected uh, wind gusts, some of which uh, exceeded 80 knots or 90 kilometers an hour. These uh, were not in our weather briefings. And uh, had they been, we would have changed our plans. It seems uh, the ship did make contact with the pier. However, there was no breach of the hole below the waterline. At this time, the ship will depart for Miami, arriving on schedule. Our teams have assessed the damage to the ship and concluded that we are seaworthy and prepared for full operation. Thank you to the amazing Freedom Joy crew who jumped into action. I commend you. Thank you for your understanding, ladies and gentlemen, and I wish you a pleasant day as we sail toward Miami. Okay, that was me taking a crack at an Italian accent. I'm sorry if I offended anyone. I didn't mean to. Pressure was off, and it was time to clean my cabin. I still felt a little bit uneasy about going back down to my cabin after all of that, and when I arrived, I found an absolute mess. Shopping maps everywhere, prizes for the shows. I couldn't even figure out where my cabin floor was. There was that much stuff on it. But the other mess that I was dealing with in terms of Carter well, that was still getting worse. And to find out what was actually going on with him, I had to find Alice. Your mental health is important. 
Now, something that's always helped me is getting up and moving, especially dancing. That's why I'm teaching two dance classes every week, Tuesdays and Thursdays at 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern. You can access the classes on Instagram Live, on my feed, at Cruise Director Kabir. But for an even nicer experience, sign up for a free Dance Class Plus account at www.cruisedirectorkabir.com. It's a great way to have fun, stay connected, and stay healthy. Anyone that's cruised knows that karaoke is a staple activity. If you don't offer it on your ship, you're in for a lot of negative comments. Now, the ship's karaoke bar was right in front of where my shopping desk was. So after sitting at my desk for over an hour, guiding people to an impossible-to-find dining room, because they always would ask me for directions, I finally decided to throw in the towel. Getting up from my desk, I walked into the ship's packed karaoke bar, where one of the entertainment hosts, Georgina, was hosting for the night. At Oceana Cruise Line, the host would stay there for four hours straight, versus my previous cruise line, I'd only host karaoke for an hour, maybe two maximum. Georgina was five foot two, blonde, and reminded me a lot of Elsa from Disney's Frozen. She was expressive, but most importantly, kind and compassionate. The exact type of person you want to be an entertainment host. Darling, so good to see you. I desperately have to pee. Would you mind? She held out the microphone, and frankly, I was happy to help out. I was missing being on the microphone every day and interacting with people without the pressure of making a sale. In the two minutes that she was gone, I had signed up five people to sing. It was going to be a busy evening for her. With that, I was on my way to the Daily Compass meeting, something that Fabian, the hotel director, wanted to have with all of the ship's hotel officers every single day. I usually tried to arrive early to the Daily Compass meetings because it meant I got to pick my own seat. And usually that meant sitting next to Alice. She had the same mentality and beat me to it. She wasted no time filling me in. Okay, so remember when we were walking back to the ship, Carter and Mateo were telling me about at that moment, they were high on cocaine. Cocaine? What? Shut up! Mateo told me that Carter fell down the forward cruise stairs early this morning. I'd like to add at this point that this was one of the most dramatic cruises of my career. I had never heard about this sort of stuff going on on ships. So long story short, Carter had smuggled cocaine onto the ship by putting the substance up his, up his butt. This also explained how Carter would go from being full on alive and expressive around guests to just being deadpan quiet when he was outside of guest areas. It also explained why he was so perky in the evenings. This was juicy, but I was not about to act on it. Mateo, Carter's boyfriend, was whom Alice had heard this from, and his drama always overshadowed what he was saying to other people. For example, if the two of them had a fight, then Carter was the worst, but if not, Carter was the best, 
so there was no winning. During my conversation with Alice, everyone had arrived for the meeting. Fabian, the hotel director, started it off, and clearly he was exasperated. Look, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we will keep this brief. Today has been hard. I couldn't help but notice Destiny, the ship's guest services manager. She looked like she had been to hell and back. Her and I had spoken a handful of times throughout my time on the ship. She'd been really nice to talk to, but at this point I hadn't really made a relationship with her. So I made a mental note to go and check in on her later, because the more I networked on the ship, the better the situation would get. At the end of the meeting, Fabian asked me to stay back. Kabir, Carter called me to tell me about this drill exemption. I told him that you discussed with me the issue and that was the end of that. But let me ask you, why can't you two get along? I took a breath before I responded. I've tried and I just can't figure him out. Now can I just ask, he seems like a nice guy to other people. Is he really that difficult? This time, Fabian took a breath. There was an edge to his otherwise very calm nature. He has always been very difficult, very hard to read. But I have noticed that he's been more difficult than usual since we began this Nassau itinerary. Anyway, he's leaving very soon, so now that he's injured, it's going to be faster anyway. In my head, this was a problem solved, and Fabian knew what I was dealing with. Fabian was also an interesting guy. A lot of people found him to be cold, but personally, I felt on the contrary. He was a strong leader, most importantly. He was compassionate and fair, two things I would definitely come to respect down the line. That evening, I called it an early night. Nothing was better than getting back to a tidy cabin, especially after I had worked so hard to tidy it up earlier that day. The plan was to go for a little nighttime stroll up on deck with Caleb. Little did I know that the day's drama wasn't over yet. Now, I truly felt something for Caleb. He was different than any of the other guys that I had met in years past. He was passionate, he was talented, and as we walked, I found that he was being pretty quiet. Look, I have to come clean about something. My contract is up. Tomorrow. I was only filling in, so I'm headed home in the morning. My heart sank. But this was the nature of working on ships. I didn't cry, I wasn't that sad about it because frankly we didn't have enough time to get that deep but a part of me knew that i wanted to maintain a friendship with him as i dropped him off at the bandstand on deck nine i felt a sense of relief weirdly enough the reason was because i knew i could have had a relationship with him if the timing had worked out and that would have made my career on ships extremely difficult it would have limited me at that point, I needed a distraction, so I checked my phone to see if I still had cell service. And sometimes it can happen where we end up getting close enough to land that you still get service, especially when we're about to arrive in the States. Little did I know that the two messages on my phone screen 
would change the course of my career. A few weeks earlier, I had launched my Facebook page, Shop with Kabir, hoping that it could drum up some interest and just create more talking points with guests. I also encouraged people to send me messages, especially if they had questions about buying something. For the first time, I had two messages waiting for me. The first one was about a woman that purchased a ring two weeks before. It turned out that the ring was evaluated by a gemologist to be a fraction of what they had paid. Apparently, they had lost thousands. The second message was from a guest on last week's cruise. Apparently, the main stone had fallen out of her ring. I decided to call my manager and ask him about the situation and just what I should say in response or if I should tell them to contact customer service for the store in question. His response? This is why I said, don't create a Facebook page. I was astounded. How much of what I pitched to people was a lie? I started questioning every single thing I said in my shopping show. And the thousands of people that had attended and listened. Mind you, my sales were abysmal at this point. Who'd have thought that that would be a good thing? I also got a text from my dear friend, Gajal. One of her friends worked for Ocean Cruise Line and they were looking for cruise directors. Now, as soon as she'd heard, she had sent him my name and given all my information to him. And the amazing news, they were extremely interested. Moral dilemmas aside, I was ecstatic because that was the in I needed. As I put the phone down and started getting ready for bed, my ship's phone rang. And of course it was Alice. Who else would call me at midnight? Check your email. Why should I check my... Just do it. Trust me, okay? From the cruise director, and in CC was the assistant cruise director, hotel director, senior entertainment host, and myself, Port Shopping Guide. All, please be informed that nobody outside of the entertainment team is to handle entertainment equipment. It has come to my attention that one of our team asked a member of a different department, Port Shopping, to participate in hosting karaoke. This is not acceptable and will not happen going forward. Thanks, Carter. And of course, Fabian was copied in. But luckily, the end of Carter's reign was coming close. But now I had to decide. Resign or stick it out? That and so much more next time. Until then, it's all about keeping afloat. I'm Kabir, your cruise director. Thanks for listening. This is Season 2, Episode 3 of Keeping Afloat, produced in Toronto, Canada. Copyright Cruise Director Kabir, 2021. Now it's time for a little bit of a Canadian joke, just to see who's listening still. How does a penguin build its house? It glues it together. If you listened right to the end, go ahead and send me a message on Instagram. Thanks for listening.